Generation Radio with Kendall Moore, WVON AM 1690. Let's talk about it. Come on. New Generation. Kendall Moore Talk Radio, WVON AM 1690. Streaming live from the web, WVON.com. Let's talk about it. This is 1690 AM WVON. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Kendall Moore Show. You know what would be more befitting is happy Juneteenth, WVON. Happy Happy Juneteenth. Juneteenth. That's right. Big shout out to all the blacks who are still alive, who have not had a, a, a knee put on their neck and who've not been subjected to the much racism that exists here in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Big happy Juneteenth to all of you who are out there, who are, who are listening. We are alive, and we are progressing yes. yep. through all of this madness that continuously uh, rears its ugly head. Happy Juneteenth. Happy Juneteenth. Happy, happy Juneteenth. Juneteenth. Happy so Juneteenth. We are celebrating. It, right. it just sounds, you know what, it hits differently now. That's you know right. what I'm yes. saying? You know how something hit differently now? Yes. Yep, yep. Juneteenth hits differently now. That's right. Happy Juneteenth, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> happy Juneteenth. <laughs> All right, now. Look, even so she Robin got her shoulders smiling. out. She got the shoulders yeah, yeah. out. See, I'm, I'm exposing. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> Oh, my God. Well, listen, everybody, we certainly appreciate you allowing us to be a part of your Friday. Of course, it is uh, Juneteenth, and we have a special uh, show in store for you this evening. Uh, Looking very forward to our interview later on uh, with Dr. Johnson, Mm -hmm. who will be participating with us. Umar, the the brother, he's incredible to me. Yes, he is. You know, a lot of people don't like some of the things, some of the controversial things that he says or talks about. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know... Everything that people say, you not you shouldn't agree with everybody, but with everything someone says. Right, right. right Even right. my wife. Well, except your wife. Now, let me, let me, <laughs> be careful. Ooh, be careful. You, you, you don't want to sleep on the couch. You don't want to sleep on the couch. Can, can really? we dump that? Can we dump that? No, <laughs> Too no, late. No. It's out. <laughs> hey, so, folks, um, yeah, find out one sixteen ninety is the number to connect. We, you know, we really... We need to have this continue the continued discussions surrounding uh, Juneteenth, uh, as well as everything that's happening out here in the world. There are many protests that continuously are happening, uh, even as we speak right now. There are a lot of protests, racial justice rallies that are going on across the United States of America. 
with regards to Juneteenth. So, uh, you know, find out one sixteen ninety. that's the number, and, and, and let's just open it up and let's talk about it. And it's it. Father's Day weekend. It is yes, Father's it is. Day weekend. Father's Day that's weekend. It. I'm looking for, you know what, we'll, we'll talk about Father's Day during the, the lit roundtable. Yes. Uh-huh. And just to give a little insight to the WVLN listening family, uh, the team of us, the lit crew, we all talk, mm-hmm. you know, on a regular basis, and we're all texting and communicating. And we had a really great I think so dope. It was really good. I was just on the phone yeah. listening to. I was like, you know what? That would be some <laughs> good stuff to talk about on the air. So yeah. the Father's Day conversation is going to be absolutely fantastic. Listen, let's go ahead and get started. Will so uh, Juneteenth. We were talking about the police officers. Let's uh-huh. wrap this all together. What are we doing with that? Okay, so uh, of course that stuff you was talking the, about the, with the, the controversy <laughs> with the CTU and Lori Lightfoot's picture in regards to uh, the police being defunded. Uh, right off the bat, terrible idea. Terrible idea. I understand that, you know, uh, the the police, uh, some police can be harsh to our young people. But right now, because they haven't worked in the public schools, you need some type of security up in there. And, I mean, you know, you have people out there, you have young people out there that are bringing weapons to school. You need somebody trained and qualified who can handle that. You know, uh, one of my solutions is instead of, and I realize they do put 33 million, they put 33 million into that a year mm. for police officers to be in the public schools. That's a lot of money. That's a That's lot, lot of money. And I, I don't know why they need that much money, but why don't you just have the police officers teach a class? Uh, you know what I'm saying? When I went to high school, we had police officers there. I knew the police officers. We were good. We felt safe. We knew them. They, they joked with us. If you got the police officers in school, they should be teaching a class so the kids can get familiar with them. Mm. You know what I mean? You know, the familiarity is what, exactly. what, what you're... But so on the flip side of it, there are so many of our young folks, because it's different now. I was in high school, what, 30 years ago or something like that, 25 years ago? Okay. You know, nonetheless, though, nowadays, the, the, the young folks are saying... The police are not what they used to be. They're just not. And mm-hmm. the, the, the second part of it is you just can't have white people, which is what is really what has been happening. You just can't have racists. Let me be a little bit more specific. Coming in, uh, policing our children. They don't. They do right. not respect them. Uh, yeah. uh, they do not connect with them. Everything that you just described does not happen with our, our kids right now in school. Right. They are there, again, to, uh, uh, you know, bring order uh, to chaos, the, the possible chaos. Right. Right. But more than that, uh, many of the kids, and this is very interesting, and CPS doesn't release this type of information. If I was a, C- if I was a parent of a, a, a child going to CPS, I would want to know how many uh, of those, you, you know, when you put a complaint in against somebody, mm-hmm. what are the complaints from the kids? Because I hear a lot of kids complaining about the police officers, about the police officers? who are inside the in schools. In the school. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so when I was a substitute teacher at Diet over on the uh, south side in Washington Park before they uh, closed, you know, I, I, I was tutoring kids in English and math and things, and the, and the uh, police room was right across the hall. And honestly, I would get a kid or two that came in and wanted to just challenge you and get out of order. You know, what am I supposed to do? I can't touch him. You know, if he touched me, I might touch him, but he never got that far. But who do I call if they disrespected the teacher? Right. What can you do? You know, you have to have somebody there. They're disrespecting security if they know you don't have a, a, a weapon. Or, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a weapon. They, it has to be somebody of authority that they will respect. You know, so it has to be somebody there. 
I just think it's crazy to take the police officers out of school with all the school shootings that's been going on. You're in, in the city. Un, unless they're going to go home with the kids and make sure their parents treat them right and take care of all their other uh, social uh, things that they have going on, that's a bad idea. You know, you probably don't have to put as much money into the school. But like I said, let's have them teach a class so each every student in the class has to take the class. All right, we'll, and, we'll, we'll take the calls when we return. Yeah. I will debunk what Will just right. said because I do not agree with what it's he school, just said. It's school, man. It's school. I, I disagree as well. You're going to be in school, right. you teaching. Find out 169. It's the Kendall Moore Show. Let's get it. He's hot. He's mannish. But it gets no realer than him. Kendall Moore, radio for the next generation. On the Talk of Chicago, 24 minutes after the hour, welcome back to the Kendall Moore Show. Happy Juneteenth, everybody. Guess who walks, walks in? Guess who walks, <laughs> walks in? Wa- walks in. You know, like doing a walk. Yes. You know I had to sashay. Uh, happy Juneteenth, Netta. Happy Freedom Day. All right. She got her green earrings, red shirt. You know, uh-huh. yeah. it's red, black, and green all month. I yeah. told you. Right, all order, month. All day. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to go to the phone lines. Listen, I want to uh, remind everybody, uh, Dr. Umar Johnson will be joining us 730 today. Make sure that you stick around for that, brother. I'm looking forward to hearing everything that he has to say. Um, so we were talking about the police officers mm-hmm. and uh, this whole police totality and state and uh, uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot and all this other stuff. It really, you know, it, it, it's some, it, it runs hand in hand it, when, when I say what we are experiencing now as people, black people, and the criminal justice system. We live in a capitalistic society, period, point blank. You cannot separate racism from capitalism. It's hard to do. Mm-hmm. 
So you have to break down the entire system in order for us to really get somewhere where we where we want to get to. It's going to take a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody who's in their different lanes are going to have to participate, right, in order for us to overcome and not this not just be a moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because some yeah. people, especially uh, – you know, some of the white America, you know, they want this to be a moment for us. This is just something to do right now. Yeah. And you so can like, like, right. let's scrapbook. Yeah. Let them get it out of their system. No, this is the real deal. I want my money. Man, listen. Did All you, my money. But you know, uh, President Trump uh, said it's because of him. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trump, he made it very Trump, popular. Trump, give me a call, man. He might just have a point. He's so no, I got to disagree, though. No. No, he man. cannot take credit for that. No. You know. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Uh, Brother Raymond, how you doing? Peace to you, black man. How are you brothers and sisters doing? All right, all right, right. All right, all right. Grand Rising. Now, let's talk about these pigs. I read an article in the Philadelphia Tribune back in 1919, but 2019. And the name of the article was Police Killed More People in 2019 Than the Bloods and the Crips combined, okay? Mm. And my point is this, brothers and sisters. The real gangs in these united snakes of Americana (laughs) are these Ku Klux Klaner killer cops Mm. who have a license to kill black people, especially my black brethren. Mm. And I'm tired of listening to Negroes who keep saying they need more training. Mm-hmm. The bottom line, good brothers and good sisters, is this. They are trained, but they are trained to kill black people. Yes, they are. And the only good pig will be on my grill tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, Raymond, stay away from that swine, man. I appreciate the phone call, man. Let's go to Brother Joe. Brother Joe, how you doing? Welcome to the Kendall Moore Show. Joe, you there? Booker T, how are you? Welcome to the Kendall Moore Show. Am I dropping these people? I, 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 you know I what I think uh, I'm. You know what I think I'm hanging up on them. Yep, yep, that's my bad. Listen, brother Joe, call me back. I did. I, I, I got. You know, I hung up on you back, back today. Booker T, how you doing, sir? I am well. Y'all having a party down there? Thank you for that good energy. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that got me feeling good during this quarantine. Happy Freedom Day. Happy, Happy Freedom, Freedom Day. Day. No doubt. Yep. So I just wanted to weigh in briefly on the conversation about the police in the schools. You know, I think that um, if the rules applied were the same, then I would be totally for it in terms of having them in the school system with the young brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. But where I differ at is that what's going to happen to them when they get arrested? See, if the rules were the same, Whereas if they took the young brother outside and talked to him and said, okay, man, get your stuff together, come on back in here and act right, then I would be totally for it. But the young brother's going to get arrested. Now he has a, a, a background, and the next thing you know, he can't go to college. So it's a systemic domino effect that's attached to what's going on with law enforcement inside school. And I just have to keep going back to where the police came from mm. in terms of chasing our black butts to put us back on the plantation and make sure that we stayed in place. So I get what the brother's saying in terms, because I used to work in a high school, so I get it. 
There are some times where you're challenged and you just don't know what to do. But we need to talk about these 50 schools that were closed. Mm-hmm. I agree with I mean, you. We need to talk about all of those aspects that have created the what. But I want to dissect the why and the how. And I think once we really get into that why and how, because we never do that when it comes to black children. We only focus on what happened. Mm-hmm. But I'm never, I, I never see the conversation of, why did little Nuck Nuck do that? Right. Yeah, yeah. All right, bro. But, hey, listen, I got to uh, take a break right here, man. We certainly will we'll continue the conversation, man. I appreciate you calling. Folks, don't touch the dial. It's the Kendall Moore Show. It's WVON's original Friday night show, Kendall Moore. He'll be back in a moment. Nineteen sixty who? Nineteen sixty what? Nineteen sixty who? Nineteen. Hey, the Motor City is burning. That ain't right. Nineteen sixty what? Nineteen sixty who? Nineteen sixty what? Nineteen sixty who? Nineteen. Hey, the Motor City is burning, y'all. Standing on the balcony of the Lorraine Motel. Shots rang out. Yes, it was a gun. He was the only one to fall down, y'all. That ain't right. Then his people scream. Ain't no need for sunlight. Ain't no need for moonlight. Ain't no need for streetlight. Just burning real bright. Some folks say we gon' fight. Cause this here thing just ain't right. 39 minutes after the hour, it's the Kendall Moore Show, 5911690. That is the number to connect. Happy Juneteenth, everyone. Big shout right now to all of those people who are out right now. Uh, participating in the racial justice rallies that are taking place across the United States of America, and also those who are listening to us across the United States of America at WVON.com. Make sure you check out the Facebook page because we are streaming live at the Kendall Moore Show, as well as uh, somewhere else. Yeah, I don't forget it, but I'm not. iHeartRadio, Facebook page, the podcast. WVON.com. <laughs> all of that. All That's of that. Right. I got a headache, y'all, and I done shared it with my team. I'm sleep deprived. I got twin, newborn twins at home. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I hope I make it through, to, through the show today. <laughs> all right, so listen, real quick, though. Hot summer day, June 19th, 1865, when slaves in Galveston learned that the Civil War was over and that they were free. The news came more than two years after President Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation. This annual celebration, we call it Juneteenth, is now what we celebrate in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to uh, uh, reiterate that because it hits differently now. 
Mm-hmm. It really does. Right. There's more celebration. There's collective engagement. Like right. yeah, me yeah. and my friends, we've been honoring Juneteenth, celebrating it. But now you have actual companies, corporations. I got an email from yeah. my bank, from Chase, and they're like, we're closing early today in honor of Juneteenth. <laughs> right. That right. has never happened. Never happened. Right. It's a paid holiday even for some companies. Yeah. So yeah. this is unprecedented. So it, it hits real different. It hits very yes. different. I mean, yep, yep, and, go ahead. And Cory Booker and Kamala Harris uh, recently uh, put through a bill to try and make it a national holiday because As they it celebrated should. in 47 states already. Yeah, yes. it is. It certainly yes. is. I, yes. I had no idea. I learned that during the course of of all yep. of this civil discourse. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Big shout to uh, Kamala and uh, Corey. And Corey, yep. Yeah, yep. Absolutely. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. We're talking about police officers right now being in the Chicago public schools. Here's my two cents because there's a lot of people who want to talk about it. Netta's rolling her eyes at will. <laughs> <laughs> as always. Everybody's rolling their <laughs> eyes at will. As always. What the hell? I'm about? a conservocrat. <laughs> okay. But here's the, That's the, what I am. But here's the thing. Like, real talk, the other part of it is when, uh, the, when our youth are introduced to police officers at that age for those reasons, mm-hmm. it's already a disconnect. Mm-hmm. So why my high school? So my, let's just real quick. Let me slow down. Let's say my grammar school uh, eighth grader just graduates. He's in high school for the first time, and the first thing that he's greeted with is police officers and metal detectors. And metal detectors, yeah. Right? A prison, an educational prison. The prison, uh, the, 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 the school to, to prison, prison pipeline. pipeline. Literally, quite literally. Real talk. And it's, it's so integrated into our community. Mm-hmm. Other communities do not have, have to have go through that. At all. Right. Until somebody like until they go shoot up a Columbine, then then they want to act like you know what I'm saying. And even then, right. they fake security guys don't even want to participate. You know that's a whole nother d- different discussion. So I don't want to get off get off topic here, but I think you guys get what I'm saying. Yes, mm-hmm. it's integrated. It's it's systemic. It's systemic institutionalized racism directly. Overt or or right. designed to keep order, designed to keep order, designed basically to, over African Americans, African American males, you know. But and how do you fix that? That w- with thirty million dollars going into it from the thirty three thirty three million dollars, mm-hmm. when some of that money should be deferred to social workers. Uh, hell, they need psychologists in there. If you, yes. you ask me, um, they need. Uh, Hell, we can. They should go back to truant officers. Mm-hmm. Those were the people who were really responsible for those troubled, quote unquote, kids mm-hmm. to make sure that they got what they needed. Because locking them up or having a totalitarian state for our children or introducing it to them, it doesn't make sense. To your point, though, Will, you know, if you take them out, it's going to be, you know, who knows what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you, the same way they did with uh, the gang chiefs. All the gang chiefs got locked up, mm-hmm. from the vice lords to the foes to the GDs, and you see what we got out That's here. That's right. Because you took you took you, the leaders you away. took the leaders away. They're not leaders. Mm-hmm. The police officers in those schools are not leaders. What they are, they're their own gang. Five nine one sixteen ninety. That's the number. Let's go to the phone lines. Cliff, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Before I get to that subject matter, can I just uh, say this? Congratulations to the twenty twenty particularly our black brothers and sisters that are graduating. I want to say shout-out to them. But also with that, too, brother, if you got a 90% graduating class, right, in this time and this atmosphere, why are we still singing a national anthem? Mm. What's wrong with the lift every voice and sing our black national anthem? So I digress with that, brother. But 
talking about cultural conditioning. But nevertheless, right. listen, when it goes back to the police department, yes, we need to focus on that and understand that this is rooted in racism, not in bad apples, not in, right. you know, a few from bad, right. but racism. And we have to combat and fight that racism and hatred. And black folks, let me repeat, and I end with this, brother, black folks cannot be racist. Now, please explain that. Thank you for taking my call. No problem. Thank you. I Very thorough, Cliff. Right. Let's go to let's go to Joe. Joe, we lost you earlier. How you doing? Welcome back. Okay, I'm doing good. Yeah, you know what? I, I've been a teacher for like 28 years, I guess, since 92. And I'm going to tell you that you really don't need to police in the schools because they end up being an occupying force. Majority of them, they don't really interact with the students. They just pretty much sit in their office all day, you know, and then they come out if somebody needs to be arrested. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of a lot of things that would normally, like, say, for example, you got some kids fighting. Sometimes, you know, they'll, they'll be like, okay, let's arrest them for that. And then sometimes the younger kids, like kindergartners, first, second, third graders, I've seen it where the kid get a lot out of control, and uh, they'll call the police and arrest a, a little kid, man. Yeah. So you know, oh, wow. it's I don't, I don't think it's. Have you seen this in worse. the public schools? Man, I'm about to a kid yeah, in the public schools. This has been you, the public schools. Yeah, you could Google it. Uh, they had a situation where uh, even in Chicago, where some uh, it was some girls. It was a girl that was fighting. This happened, I think, last year, mm-hmm. and uh, the police got called in, and they knocked the girl down the stairs, and and I the daddy came. And the daddy came, and he didn't want to challenge the police because the police had a gun. But you know, you know, it, it's it's not really worth it. And plus, they making over a hundred hundred plus thousand a okay, year. Okay, aside from how much money they make, what is the police well, job then? Who's supposed to break okay, up the fight? Me, Who's supposed okay, to break up the tell, fight? Me, okay, okay, let me tell you this. Okay, all all CPS they got regular security. Okay, they got plenty of security. And then if there's a gang situation, they also have higher-tier security. They call them white coats. So they call them in if it's a gang situation. And who are and the white coats? Because have... I'm familiar with that. Who are the okay. white coats, though? What are they're they? Part of C... They're CPS security, but they're more highly trained. They are police officers. No, they're not police officers. Yes, they are. Officers. Nine not. times out of ten, they're police okay. officers. They work in another no. shift. No, but look, the white, let me tell you this. The white coats are full-time CPS employees, okay? Now, they some of them might have prior law enforcement, but they're full-time CPS. They just get, they're like at the top of the pay grade for security. So I, I know that for a fact. Uh, but I'm just saying, you know, the same reason why you don't want police coming to your neighborhood when there's a domestic problem is the reason why you don't want them in your schools and another thing is, don't let the kid be special ed. You see what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Or, or with a uh, ADP, what do they call them? ADP, AEP, IEP, IEP, or they got ADHP. Yeah, they got some type of yeah. Bro, bro, Joe, I gotta let you go. We got too many calls, but I feel you, man. Thank you so very much. Thank you, thank you for that. Listen, I'm going to the Facebook page right now. Let me say big shout to David Robertson. That's one of my guys. Uh, all is well, David Robertson. All is, all well. is well, bro. All is Listen, well. David, like, hey, they put more money into correctional officers and resource officers in schools than they invest in mental health for students and counselors. Yes. 
Uh-huh. Dr. Hope uh-huh. said it well. It's like we're we're trying to fix the problem the wrong way. We're not getting to the root of the problem. The answer isn't more police or police in the schools. We have to focus on what's happening to these students before they actually get to school. What's happening at home? Right, what's happening in the neighborhood? Yeah. It's not adding more police. And That's I the band-aid. That's the quick but fix. See, we the long we, game is more mental health services, more trauma centers, more uh, parenting resources. That's the long game. But people want to play the quick fix. Let's just throw more police, more authoritarian right. figures in the school. And see, I, what I'm saying is they need to, what exactly are they doing with that $33 million? What does it account for? Because like I said, you if the police officers are there, you can have police officers come in and teach a class, man. They can we'll stop training. No, what class are they I'm taking? I'm telling you what, what you look, man. I'm telling you, they can teach a class. Teach what? They ain't they teachers. Teach. They're, They're teach. not teachers. They don't need to. You got police officers that are educated. They do have special programs. They have explorers. You got caps officers. They can come in. Thirty-three million is a lot. But what they gonna teach Will Anderson? They, they can teach civics. Teach they can what? teach law civics. They can teach a lot of things to get the students to get to know them and face. respect them. Right. I mean, look, taking the police out of the schools, you are asking for it. You got these these schools in these high risk neighborhoods on the west and the south side. These kids running packs. So let's fix the problems that happened before. Okay, but that's not going to happen overnight. Exactly. So when do we start? When do we start? Wait, wait, watch what happens. Watch what what happens. Right, we'll be forced to fix the problem. I got to send my kids to school and there's no police. And we already know there's a couple of gangbangers already there. They done had a shootout. This happens. The same way we had uprisings to get to the point where we are today over these last three weeks. I don't want uprisings on my kid, though, Sam. Yeah. They were put in for the wrong reason, and now it really has, it, you know, it's been expounded with what they're not doing. And then, as a side note, the reason there are more police, p- police officers in our communities and in our schools is because white people are scared of black people. We got to take a break. <laughs> Getting you from your work week to your weekend, it's Kendall Moore Radio for the Next Generation. Uh, we got to get ready to wrap up this segment right here. Happy Juneteenth, everybody. Of course, we are WVON. Look, real quick, because Robin's leaving right now. We <laughs> wish her a very happy Juneteenth yes, weekend. Happy but Juneteenth. listen, Will tried to go into the, the, the newsroom and get Robin <laughs> on his side. 
about these damn police officers. Go and it home, did not Robin. Work. It did not work. Go home. We're all, look, against, we're all against you, Will. Look, look, here's the thing, folks out in WVON land who live in the city. My coworkers live in the suburbs. Oh. No, that's, not true. That's not what's true. going on. They not went true. to school in the suburbs. Not true. Come on, man. You know See, I'm born and Grass and the birds chirping and everything. You know, hey, let's go for a walk on, in the park, no. everyone. Look at the ducks. No. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that, but let's go to Jim. I'm sure Jim probably will rock with you. Hey, Jim, how you doing? I'm good, my friend. How are you? Jim, long time. How you been, man? Good, good. Just uh, trying to, uh, let me get to our speaker. I keep up with stuff, but we live in Illinois, and we've got a, a, mayor, a mayor and governor that think they're mightier than God, so we're suffering from the consequences. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. <laughs> but uh, anyways, um, I was actually going to call about a few things, but there isn't much time. I want to bring up one thing. I was reading that there was a Senator Blumenthal and 27 Democratic members of Congress are petitioning to be able to allow these transgendered <clears throat> people to compete in girls' sports. So this is evil, you know, and how many young girls of all colors are in, you know, high school programs, college programs, and they're women. They're not biological men, but these sick, selfish people want to take their ability to win by being competitive, and they're really men. They identify as a girl, but they're biological men, and this is evil, selfish, and wrong. Jim, I, and they're honestly, all Democrats, let, me, my friend. let me say this to you, Jim. You know what? This is yes, a topic sir. that... I would love to discuss more in, in depth, depth yeah. you know, because you know, we're coming up against the clock right now. But this is right. a topic that me and the team, we actually we've discussed this mm -hmm. offline in depth. I'm definite. We're going to take this up probably in a subsequent yeah. show. That Real needs talk. a whole That, that really segment. does so that yeah. we can, you know, get into the, the minutiae and, and the grass on that. But, Jim, thanks uh, for the uh, Listen, give me a call back because uh, we'll be on the other side or I can put you on hold because we're going to continue these conversations. So, uh, well, If you want to put me on hold, I'll give you my phone number. Give me a call myself. Okay. You know and what, I'll Jim? Don't listen, do me a favor because i, I got to take yes, this sir. break. Uh, I am going to try to put you on hold. If I hang up on you, just call back and I got you, okay? All right. Let's put Jim on hold. Did I do that right? <laughs> All right, folks, this is the Kim DeMore Show. I will, uh, we'll be back in just a second. We will continue to, we're going to continue this conversation. Is that Jim? Just hang out All with right. us, Jim. <laughs> hey, folks, we'll be back. It's the Kim DeMore Show. Happy Juneteenth. Kendall Moore will be right back on the Talk of Chicago, 1690 
it don't get any bigger. Pink caddy driving black boots stomping. Yes, I'm that kind of nigga. Brother J, what you say? Brother J, brother J, what you say? Brother J, what you say? Brother J, what you say? Yeah, I'm just a pro-black nigga and I'm doing this. And you just watch me clock me to see if I continue this. In the ways of the caddy, I survive like a pimp. No jerry curls, wave perms or crimps. The ever night before setting the mood. I'll raise my fuel for my firm attitude. Walking through the streets with my war cry spear. Certain folks know what means doom when they hear. My firm black boots and no spurs attached. But let me give a second because I might detach ya. My black boots if you confuse. I lose my peoples in the words you choose. For right or what's wrong, or man, what you think? Except my back, so how the hell you just pink? And yet you want to be down, clown. So many want to be down with the illogical art. Separate through your K-boy crew. You nest the walls with your bald hair, do. Media weapons, dudes at 11. Paper at 6 or systematic tricks. And that's why I do what I do. Say how I feel so you get it on the real. True, true. Any rapper will subdue. Try to touch some funny business and submit my whole crew. But front page, says outrage. There's no gauge because it's time for the Mac. Got no time to be hanging out with humanists. <laughs> All right, 12 minutes out of the hour, folks. Hey, hey, happy Juneteenth. That's just, hey, that's how I feel. That was the x clan. That is mm. the x clan. The East, my brother. To the East, east. my Hey, man, well, you know what it is. That's right. Triple WVON.com, 591-1690. That is the number to connect. Of course, it's the Kendall Moore Show. Hey, what's the matter? What happened? What happened with you? You good? Oh, yeah, it's Juneteenth. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, I'm looking around. It's Juneteenth weekend. It ain't just Juneteenth. It's Juneteenth weekend. It's a Friday. Yeah. You turn up all weekend. All weekend. Don't get crazy. Like, but celebrate you know, it but you the turn way up. we would celebrate 4th of July. Absolutely. That's, That's right. That's it. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. it. But right. you know, yeah. no, we have no. people saying... Slaves weren't really free on Juneteenth. They were free on January 1st, or they were free on yes. December 6th. Like, so what? Like, there's so much of our history that we right. do not know. The right. fact that black people are coming together to celebrate our freedom at all, right. celebrate it. Celebrate stop, that. Right. Stop trying to mute everybody just because they don't know all the facts of history. We, Our history right. was erased, a lot of it. So <laughs> let them have their time and celebrate the culture. Let us have our... Like, yeah. Exactly. We're, we're not even there yet. You see what right. I'm saying? Exactly. And, and we already have internal, uh, uh, internal fights with other Struggles, blacks. Struggles, yes. Struggles, right? Misunderstanding. To your point, you you know, you got people, st- st- I don't forgot my damn. That's uh, okay. You know we have saying? misunderstandings, misun- yeah. uh, uh, struggles with each other. You know, the thing is, we must understand, regardless of your political and social affiliation, we are all one unit. We must move yes. as a unit. You are black. Uh, you're Republican. You can be Republican. You're Democrat. You can be a Democrat. You can be a Libertarian. You can be a, uh, a Socialist. But understand, we move as a unit. If we move as a unit, we will get what we want and what we need. Racial justice. That's what Period. it comes down Point to. Blank. You know what I was thinking? Real talk. So they're asking, when I say they, there are groups, because everybody has their own little segment that they move in, right? right. Mm-hmm. But there are groups who are for, you know, tearing down statues of slave 
past slave owners. Uh-huh. You know, uh, you know, Christopher Columbus is, uh, you know, yes. that's a huge point of contention here in the city of Chicago right. because other cities have torn down uh, Christopher Columbus, yes. but Mayor Lightfoot does not want the one here in Chicago torn down. That's a whole other debate. But I, I, I kind of agree with her on that. Will. See what I'm saying? Will just trying to. Okay, hear me out. 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 We're about to get canceled. I'm a conservative. I'm okay. I'm a conservative. Listen to me on this. Listen to me on this. If you erase all the bad things that happened to you in the past, you will not you will not remember. I feel you on that. And then it happens again. History repeats itself. You know what's the class? The one class people neglect to really reflect on in college? History. Everybody think history boring. history was not. But history repeats itself. Exactly. And we must remember these monuments. So this is what I'm saying. I believe we should take them down, but they should go into a museum. Don't destroy them because they must be they must be reminders of what was represented to us. See what we, I'm saying? We, don't destroy them. Don't throw them oh in the lake. God. Don't set them on fire. They must be in a museum. So when we go to the museum, we can say that Robert, uh, 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 what's his name, uh, his last stand, and the Indians e. took him out. Not Lee, because he, he was for the Union. Uh, uh, I can't remember. Don't worry about it. But, but you know what I'm saying. Custer. 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 Uh, you got to remember how he fought to, to keep us enslaved. You have to remember that stuff. Here's my thing. They want to tell, and, and rightfully so, anything that uh, purports hatred, racism, mm-hmm. and remind I a, agree. Is a, a reminder. That glorifies it. And glorifies yes. it. Right. You got all of these tiki torch carriers who were out in. That's right. I forget. Yep. Trying to protect that, that, that symbol, those symbols, those statues, all of that. Here's my thing. If we're going to tear it down, we got to tear it all down. And if we're going to tear it all down. We got to tear down the damn White House, too. Tear it out. Well, hey, but you, there's, well, there it well, is. We reformed the White House, but listen to me. Real talk, when though, Rome, when Rome thing, ruled like, the world, I'm when Rome you. ruled the world, world before it fall, it, it, before it fell, or after it fell, it took 200 years almost in the, uh, the Renaissance for people to start discovering the the, uh, ain't the statues and everything that Caesar had uh, put up and all the Caesars had put up, they were buried deep down because Rome, Rome had been burnt to the ground. What did they do with those statues? They didn't just say, okay, we're going to finish destroying the statue because it's an age long gone. They put it in the museum to remind them of where not to go. And that's what we have to do with it. Take those statues down. I agree with you. Take them flags down. Put them in the museum and tell the story of how not to treat people. You know what I'm saying? How not to have this attitude toward people because they're different. They must be monuments. They must be reminders. Remember the Jews, the people of Jewish descent, they say we we must never forget. Never forget. Well, hell, America ain't going to let us forget. Okay. As George Floyd and his family. Give them to the black people. Let us put them in a museum and let us make money off of them. So if you want to come and see them, if you want to come to the uh, Confederate Museum, the black people own it. We have a part of it. You pay for it. it. It can go into our communities. Okay? It's owed to us. It's owed to us. And they know it. 591-1690, that is the number. Well, I appreciate that comment. Let's bring some of these callers on online. Now, what's, what you got going on? So, Dope, where, where you at with, uh, with all of this conversation? Well, where we start? Are we are we still on the statues? What are we doing? <laughs> no, we, we, no, but we ended up there because you know, man, life is like. Well, no, we gonna tear our Christopher Columbus down, and you know, I, so I'm like, I'm a little bit confused with some of the. So okay, take it down, put it in but the museum. There yeah, are so many Chicagoans in history who have made an impact on this. this 
we can have a different statue there that's not Christopher Columbus. Mm-hmm. He, didn't even well. just, he didn't even. He didn't And discuss, that's been yes. in the works since forever. So I think it's you know it there's so many other people. Dusable. He's got like a exactly. tiny bus. Yeah, a bus. Tiny Most bus. people don't even know. Right. I know the <laughs> where man who is. put it there. He should have the one where Christopher Columbus. I agree. Is. Take and there's hardly any statues or monuments of women, let alone black exactly. women. So I think when we do finally get the Ida B. Wells one, um, I think it may be the first or one of right. the very, very few. Let so even more of women. But, that we know, accentuate the positive, not Will, the this negative. is why no one wants to take history in school. It is boring because it's but whitewashed. They should. Because they know that but this, you is, should, not, so you can this is not the truth. It's not the truth. Of, exactly. Challenge it, though. That's so, what I'm saying. So if they're going to teach it, they need to teach it all. They're, look, there are so many black PhDs like John Henry Clark who started the Pan-African movement, and I'm quite sure Dr. Umar, when he comes on, he will possibly speak about him. There are so many people. Dr. Francis Cress Welsing, yes. Chicago's very own, uh, the, the Cress uh, Color Confrontation Theory. Yeah. We have so many PhDs out there who have written books. They teach at Harvard. They teach at Howard. They, te- they have taught, you know, as mm-hmm. Spellman and Clark. You know, we need to get involved and, and read their books. You know, and, and learn more about ourselves. We and do. that's history. My we son do. was reading my books when he was 12. I had all the books. That's why I'm a militant. I'm a little bit of a militant. <laughs> yeah. I'm a corporate guy. But why but black people got to be militant because they proud? But, but you know what? When you ain't being treated right, when you ain't being treated right, what you going to do? Militant. But my son came to me when he was 12 said, Daddy, these are your books? And I was like, yeah, these are my books. Read, and he read them. He read them all. So we need to re- get these books. We need to pass them down to our children because these are PhDs, black PhDs, and they did research, and they earned these credentials. We and do. we should respect that. We do. All right, so here it is, though. Uh, racial justice, and what, what were we talking about this hour before? We uh, were Dr. talking Mark? about we talk about activism as it relates social to social media, media and activism. physical activism. Yes. The, you know, the pluses and the minuses are what those look like. You know, yes. what's the, the comparison and the contrast with okay. that? Okay. So anyway, so with that, though, uh, is it too much Twitter fingers and not enough people <laughs> in, the, in the street with this? Has my buddy Travis, he likes to call them keyboard warriors. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Travis Brooks. I know he listening. He's like keyboard warriors, all you keyboard warriors out there, Bo. But you know what? I used to be out there uh, marching every now and then. I still do. I haven't been to any marches or anything like that. You know, I feel like I'm doing some work here. You know, I'm, I'm trying to pass out what I know. But that's not to say I won't get out there. If I get invited, yeah, I'll come out there. Invite me. You know, I'll come out there. But, but this I'm is your saying, still your form of activism. Yeah, Everybody may I'm, not need to be on the front line right, protesting right, or right. speaking at a podium. There's You can be a muralist. You can right, do art. You right. can do poetry. You can be on the radio. But I think part of the issue is... It's almost like if it's not on social media, it never happened. Right. So there's a lot of people doing the work, yes. but they may not be promoting it because they just they right. out there doing what needs to be done. Exactly. And so is there kind of this tension about, well, oh, you're not woke enough or you're not really doing the work because we don't see you. Mm-hmm. You know, you haven't spoken up yet. Or, you know, if you're a celebrity, we don't see you posting your Black Lives Matter uh, post, but maybe they are out doing the work. They maybe they're contributing bank. money. They write right. They're writing mm-hmm. checks. You movements need funding, mm-hmm. so it's not. It shouldn't be the expectation that everything you do in the movement has to be uh, publicized. But at the same time, you do need some 
promotion, publicity, because that's how people find out about things. I agree. And you know what? I hope, because I was walking with a friend of mine on the track earlier this week, and he was telling me he hopes that all of these activists who are out here in Chicago and around the world, actually, around the country, are signing up people to vote and get their names and stuff so that they can call them to community meetings. If you're out there marching, you should have somebody out there getting your name and no, they, you know what I'm saying, giving you your name and your contact to, to bring you to a community meeting so you can start organizing because I'm more of an organizer. Yeah, I'm not spoken like a true yeah. <laughs> campaign you know, manager. Yeah. I'm, I'm an organizer. That's <laughs> yeah. what I do. It's a difference. You know, activists see a, 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 a situation and they go out there and they, they, uh, they shout and do their thing for organizers bring people together to solve the problem. It's the difference. And even what we're doing now, like, Kendall, you've got your Juneteenth shirt. I'm assuming that was made by a black person. Absolutely. My shirt uh, for the culture made by a black person. That's a form of activism, supporting right. our black. My shirt was made by Chinese. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The, the Asians. <laughs> yes. Buying black, supporting black. That is a form of activism. Okay. All right. Everybody's just like, yeah, well, right. See how I shock them, everybody. Speaking of of activism, uh, let's talk about Beyonce and her demand and justice for Breonna Taylor. Okay. And that officer finally, Mm -hmm. finally has been charged. Yeah. Finally. But, you know, and this is why we celebrate Juneteenth and we lump it all in Mm -hmm. with one for for the blacks. Right. You know, give us that. Right. You see what I'm saying? But uh, activism. Beyonce using her seat, her to leverage. Re- her leverage with her stardom to, mm-hmm. to, to get an agenda, you know, get something done and accomplished, mm-hmm. get a call to action done. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, exactly. Look, I just hope that after this is, uh, it ain't going to be over. We go long way right. that, that we need to not let people forget. You know, everybody's out here marching now and having a great time, you know, and we together, we kumbaya. But this is something. Us as black people in particular, we should not forget this, and we should make sure others who want to contribute funding to us all of a sudden, and I'm not against it. I want my check. Send me my check. But make sure they don't forget because black people have uh, made the infrastructure in this country, not just from slavery, but after we left slavery, man, the inventions that was made, yep. George Washington Carver, yep. you know, a black woman made the air conditioner. Black the culture the, we've contributed. We have contributed economically, socially. You know, we, we did it. And we deserve Capitalism it. was built on the and back the only, and, of blacks. And black people Absolutely. couldn't own patents. We didn't have no money. <clears throat> See what I'm saying? But Thomas Edison, the the what is the father of electricity or whatever, everybody knows George Washington Carver didn't he was have, working for him. Didn't Absolutely. Edison have? I he thought had he George had George Washington Carver yeah. working for him. Yeah. George Washington Carver was the father of he the was manufacturing Ford. line. He was helping I Henry Ford. Henry I got Ford. an MBA. Absolutely. It's an operations degree. And what it does is like for a manufacturing line. How does the work flow? Yep. He is the father of that, a black man. So when you go to school and get an MBA in operations, George Washington Carver was the father of that. He actually wrote the actual uh, operations line, the, the line, the manufacturing line. He did that. But, you know, but when we talk about history repeating itself, it's, it's, it's commonplace right now in corporate America, in every vein of America, right? right. And what I mean by that is, you got to have a white person sign off on you. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't care how many. Nothing wrong with that. No, no, it is something wrong with that, Will, because that means that we don't have our own. Mm-hmm. There is absolutely something wrong with that. If every step that you take in your life needs permission by a white person, there's something wrong 
inherently wrong with that. That's why people are uh, 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 marching right now. Right. That's why people are snapping. That's why our young, the younger generation, they're not even listening to us. They right. like we 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 looked at what y'all have done, right. and it, you guys have failed miserably. But to to your point, mm-hmm. I'm going back to what you just stated. Mm-hmm. With all of the PhDs, uh, MDs, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I'll use the state of Illinois just for a prime example. You have a black lieutenant governor woman. Mm-hmm. You have Tony Preckwinkle, who is uh, um, the board president. She's county board the president. County board president. You, you, you have Lori Lightfoot, who is damn mayor of the city of Chicago. You got Kim Fox. You got black uh, state senators. You got uh, 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 Lightfoot downstate. You got uh, Emil Jones III downstate. You got everything. We got a black... Police commissioner, and we done had that for the... So what what am I saying? What am I stating? Even with them, with all of that black power, hands up, right? Even with that, look where we find ourselves at. Even with that, before George Floyd, you didn't have this marching. They were not the ones who were doing it. Now, they would argue, well, we're, we're doing it in our own way. We're doing it from a legislative standpoint. And, you know, I just... I mentioned Kim Fox, but I really think that Kim Fox... She, she's doing what she's supposed to be shout doing. Shout out to Kim Fox. Big shout to Kim. But my point is, they still need somebody to sign off on them. Anybody in their campaign, they got to run for office. You can best believe, oh, people who fund them to run them offices, you, you, you can tell. You she can hire me. Will. Will. <laughs> she you can hire Chris you Percy. Can tell, she you can tell Chris me Percy. better than you I can Chris tell Percy, you. Percy, right? They have to right. have a co-signer of another color. Right, And right, that right. needs to stop. That is instant. All right. So, Listen. Let's go to the let's go to the phone line. Listen, folks, seven thirty coming up. Uh, Dr. Umar Johnson, he's coming on. He's gonna light it up. I already know it. I'm, I'm waiting for him to come. He's coming on seven thirty. We got him on deck right now. In the meantime, let me take a couple of these calls before we go to break. Uh, let's start with uh, let's start with uh, Brother Tommy. Hey, first of all, uh, Kendall. Hey. Let me let me try to let me try to explain this as, as best I can and as quickly as I can and and get off of the air. There's nothing. That's cool. There's nothing um, to be happy about on this day. Nothing. Hmm. And as far as them charging the police officer that shot uh, the young lady, so what? I'll celebrate when people start going to jail. Period. I'll celebrate when they treat individuals who break the law as they do uh, all of us uh, for jaywalking. Mm. I'll celebrate when individuals begin to recognize and understand that uninformed and ignorant Negroes are dangerous. Leastwise, you would understand why Will is saying the things he's saying about police, and Will would then understand that the first catalyst for all of this tyranny that we see in our schools today is when they took out the truant officers and the counselors, and then they turned around and they gutted all the trades that was in the school. Then they turned around and they gutted PE. They turned around and they gutted music. They turned around and they they gutted intramural sports between the schools. Mm -hmm. So what you got now is just a madhouse, Mm -hmm. period. And then what's worse, you're going to sit up and tell me that you got grown-ass people going off into a school with children and you want to throw them downstairs, you want to put them in headlocks, you want to arrest them. Come on, man. 
certain things are, are, are absolutely are absolutely clear. And what would be known has clearly been shown for decade after decade after decade. If there was anything positive to be able to come out of this Juneteenth, it would be a consensus of all black people to recognize and understand our plight in this United States of America is based upon us coalescing, rebuilding these communities, and recognizing and understanding that nobody is coming to save us. It ain't the churches. It ain't the politicians. You you just named all the stuff that you got, and ain't nothing changed in this state for black people. Nothing. Same old deal. So I just want to end with this one, because the best one of all is when I always ask, how damn dumb can you be? <laughs> hey, well, can I say shout out to Tommy? Because Tommy yeah. told us a couple of weeks ago he said it was a powder keg. And yeah. what happened? He was right, Tommy. You're right. And I, it wasn't that I wasn't listening to you. <laughs> you there was right. Bro, Tommy, peace and blessings mm, to you. I yep, appreciate peace it. Peace and blessings. Getting you from your work week to your weekend. It's Kendall Moore Radio for the Next Generation. Kendall Moore Show on WBON 1690 AM, the talk in Chicago, uh, the voice of the nation. That's right. It's me. It's West Side Will. Sitting <laughs> the one at the, and only. Yep. Sitting across from Mr. Kendall Moore. So sit back, relax. We in the building. Put your mind at ease. West Side Will's on top to take you to your next stop during the second hour <laughs> yeah. of the Kendall Moore Show. Our next guest, he is currently on the line. Yes, he is here. He is a school psychologist, an author, a lecturer, a community activist whose ideology is pan-Africanism. Please welcome Mr. Dr. Umar Johnson. Hello, sir. How are you? What's up, black man? 
Peace and Black Power. Thanks for having me on the show. Welcome. Thank you, sir. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I am honored. Let me say I'm honored, privileged, and pleasured. I, I've been watching you for quite a while, you know, and uh, I, I got to say, uh, you're kind of impressive, but you get a lot of heat, man. You get a lot of heat. <laughs> That's all right. I love the heat. I'm a Leo. August, baby. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Yeah, I know about y'all. I know about y'all. So, so I, I know I've, gave, I've, I've given people an ideal about you, but could you elaborate on that a little bit more, doctor? Uh, certainly. Uh, I'm a doctor of clinical psychology. As you said, I'm a certified school psychologist, certified school principal, uh, founder of the National Independent Black Parent Association, author of Psychoacademic Holocaust and Special Education and ADHD War Against Black Boys. And next month, my second book, Black Parent Advocate, The Art of War for Dealing with America's Racist Public and Charter Schools will be coming out as well. Blood relative of the great Frederick Douglass Mm -hmm. and former Minister of Education of Marcus Garvey's UNIAACL. Well, I got to tell you, that is quite a a pedigree, sir. Now, you you know, you are in many ways very controversial. Um, I don't think you're really controversial, as people think. I think they take you out of context. But uh, what do you say about people? What do you what do you have to say about people who, who kind of disagree with some of your philosophies as it relates to uh, what's let's say homosexuality uh, mm-hmm. and your political stances? Yes, sir. I would say that my goal whenever I speak or engage the community is to make people think my goal is to motivate original thought deep, critical analysis. It is not to create robots. So I guess one of the biggest misconceptions is that I go into a conversation hoping everyone will see my perspective, which is not the truth. We as African people suffer from the paralysis of analysis. Hmm. We do not use our minds. So even if you disagree with everything I say, if I forced you to use your own intellectual apparatus for once then i have succeeded okay so let me ask you about that do you think that people uh have that paralysis because of maybe the white authority that may be in their mind do you think they have a white authority complex uh that's the overarching principle of mass religious indoctrination through the black church Mm. mass public school indoctrination through chicago public schools and then mass social indoctrination through the media, as well as politically uneducated grassroots leaders and disingenuous elected officials. Dr. Johnson, uh, Kendall here. So, you know, mad love. I I mean, I can't say it any other type of way. And peace and blessings to you, man. I I, I rock with you hard. Real talk. And and that's just that's 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 those are facts. Uh, We're celebrating Juneteenth right now. You know, I'm looking at uh, TV as we talk right now. There's racial justice rallies that are happening across the country. Dr. Johnson, what's your take on where we are, the current state of black people right now? Like, immediately, like, where we at? Honestly, in my honest, humble opinion, I believe this is a rerun of the Barack Obama administration. Mm. And what I mean by that is that the election of Barack Obama delivered absolutely no gains to African-American people as a identifiable political constituency. It was a lot of hype. It was a lot of hoopla. It was a lot of illusion of inclusion politics, but nothing materialized for us. And I'm afraid that the 2020 black protest for justice is sadly 
marching down the same road. And I say that for three reasons. Let me first say that I'm proud of those brothers and sisters who took to the streets. Had they not done that, those police who murdered our brother George Floyd would have never been arrested. Mm -hmm. Officer Chauvin would have never had his charge upgraded uh, to first-degree murder. This conversation about police genocide would not be happening. So, yes, they were necessary. Yes, the protests were relevant. And I'm proud of those brothers and sisters who engaged in those protests across the country. But with that being said, there were mistakes made. And the biggest mistake was that we allow white folk to infiltrate and dominate the body of the protest. Those protests should have remained exclusively black. And the reason for that is because now our narrative is being diluted, polluted, and everyone else's agenda is being included in on the conversation. I'm sure you heard about the Supreme Court decision the other day yep. that said the 1964 Civil Rights Bill included. protects yep. Yep. the employment of LBGTs and homosexuals. No disrespect to them, but Dr. King and our ancestors did not march for that. They marched for us. So even while we are protesting for justice, what we protested for is being extended to other so-called minority groups, and we are being ignored. Number two, isn't it interesting that after nearly four weeks of protest, the most massive protest in the history of this country since the 68 Dr. King assassination protest and the 1967 Red Hot Summer protest where more than 30 cities erupted in race riots and protests. This has been 52 years in the making, and yet you have no identified leadership. Mm. You have no identified spokesperson, and there is no identified political platform. In other words, yes. there is no list of demands that have come from black America to the United States government. None after four weeks, which means the Democratic Party and the Congressional Black Caucus and opportunistic Democrats and Joe Biden and everyone else gets to dictate what black people should get as a result of the protest because we never articulated that ourselves. Man, say that. Mm -hmm. Say that. Yeah. I, I, couldn't have, I could not have said that any better. Mm -mm. I, I really, I, I, I could not have said that any better. With regards to the allies, Dr. Johnson, those... We don't have no allies. We don't, okay, let's talk about that. Tell me, give, give we me your We don't position have no allies. Listen, okay. those young white kids who are out there protesting, they're not out there for Black Lives Matter. They're out there because they were quarantined in for months. They have lost their jobs. They didn't get the stimulus checks. They don't agree with their president, and they don't agree with the direction that their nation is taking. Had we not been on a COVID quarantine, you would have not seen that many white folks involved in the marches. It was not for black life. It was for disagreement with their government. Mm. Mm. That's, that's definitely yeah, an interesting yeah, perspective. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. Well, Dr. Umar, uh, that aside, let, let me ask you, what, what do you specifically have to say to – because I, I have gotten a lot of, of – uh, uh, Texas in my DMs from my LGBTQ brothers and sisters. You know what I mean? And they are really mm -hmm. upset. Uh, they disagree with you on some things. What do you have to say to them? You know, uh, what, you know, what do you want to say to them? Because they seem to think that you are anti them and that, you know, you, you, you know, you are hateful toward them. That's what they seem to think. Yeah, it's what they seem to think, but that is not the truth. I became a psychologist 
because I wanted to help black people and all people feel better about themselves. That's why I became a psychologist. I do therapy, have done therapy with LBGTQ members, and I have no issue doing therapy with them. My disagreement with them is not personal nor emotional. It is political. What do I mean by that? I love all African people, whether you are gay or straight. I can sit down and have a conversation with a homosexual brother. I can sit down and have a conversation with a lesbian sister and give her a hug and a kiss after we're done. My issue is political. I disagree with the propagandizing of the LBGT movement as one that is equal to the African-American struggle for justice. Homosexuals were not enslaved systematically. Homosexuals were never dehumanized systematically. It was never illegal for homosexuals to get an education. You cannot equate sex with race. You cannot create your behavior with my being. Here's the question that I have for them. Again, no hatred whatsoever. I entertain conversations with them. I love all black folks, gay or straight, but I disagree with the political agenda that seeks to equate the LBGT struggle with ours. And my question for them would be simply this. Can you give me one benefit? Because it's all about pragmatic political progress. Pragmatic political progress. Can you give me one benefit that will accrue to the African-American community and our children with the open and free expression and propagandization of the LBGT lifestyle? Only one out of every four black women gets married in this country. One out of four. If you're going to condone a movement that openly advocates that lifestyle to young children, you're going to reduce the amount of black men that are available to our women. And if you allow that, you basically have become an enemy of the traditional black family structure. Dr. Umar Johnson is here with us, 1690 AM, WVON 591-1690. That is the number to connect to the phone lines. We go. Eric, how you doing? Welcome to the Kendall Moore Show. Yes, how you doing? Um, I just want to say that um, I'm a type of person that I believe in positive solutions. And what I mean by that is that we have to look at our situation from an economic standpoint and become self-reliant. Until we become self-reliant, then everything that's going on now is basically propaganda. Like, for example, taking Aunt your Mama off the surf bottle and taking Uncle Ben off the rice box. Uh, taking correct, uh, the Confederate flag down the NASCAR and things like that. That's all, all that is just propaganda. We need to get together, put our money together, and help ourselves on one hand. And the other thing is um, with the educational aspect, if we bring black history back into our schools, it would, it would, it would kill two birds and one stone. It would teach our children about themselves and where we come from and what we have achieved and it also will show white America what we are about because they don't understand us, you know, as far as that goes. You know, gotcha. so Eric, I, I gotta let you be, go. We got a number of people on the call. I, I appreciate you checking in. Right. Thank you very much. All right, thank you. Right. Hey, let's go to Eddie Reed. Eddie Reed, how you doing? Welcome to the Kendall Moore Show. Brother Kendall Moore, man, you got it fired up. Let me be very, very quick. Uh, Doctor Umar Johnson is on the line with us, sir. Yes, sir. I know that. Okay. So, brother, Doctor Umar Johnson, uh, brother Eddie Reed, you can follow up tomorrow from two to four on this channel, and it'll be the same thing. What Doctor Johnson is saying is what we in the street call the overlay 
for the underplay. Feeling, feeling. Go ahead. And 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 what happened is, if you George, big George, big George Perry Floyd would never have been invited to a Black Lives Matter meeting. He wouldn't even been able to allow to be to march with them. And so there are those of us on the street who get it. And we are now moving on black man stand, black man stand. We are going to stand on Father's Day. And, and I don't want to take up your time, brother, but tune in from 2 to 4 tomorrow, 1690. We're going to pick up right where Dr. Umar Johnson left off. And, brother, you're welcome to join us. Hey, brother Eddie, I want to say this to you. I rock with your show. And I just, I, I really want to say that to you, man. You got, you have an excellent yes, show. All right. Peace on that. It's all, right, all about Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, let's go to John. John, how you doing? Welcome to the Kendall Moore Show. Good afternoon. Good evening and good evening to your guests. I agree with him 110% on everything that he mentioned. We don't know how great Barack Obama could have been if he would have had control of the House and the Senate. He didn't have control of the House and the Senate. So I do kind of agree with you, even if he didn't have control of the House and the Senate, it looks like he just played along to get along to go along and wasn't telling us everything that we need. And I do I do agree with him. I'm happy that the young pe- people are out there because this is their future. If Biden gets in there or not, if he gets in there, if he thinks he's going to have a free ride, it's not going to happen. Understood. Thank you. Hey, so listen, let me ask you this, uh, uh, Dr. Johnson. Uh, let, me, uh, let me ask you this. When you hear these type of comments from people in support of what you are stating, how 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 do we get how do we get people moved and into the right mind frame of what really is working and what isn't working? Because the inner fighting to me is is counterproductive. If you got black people telling other smart black people like I'm not right, I, I don't I don't agree with that. You know, it's counterproductive. It's not, now you got two smart black people uh, arguing with one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what's the answer? to Well, that? we can agree to disagree uh-huh. without being disagreeable. It's only when we become disagreeable that the conversation disintegrates into chaos. We have to be able to challenge each other's opinions because contradictions have to be exposed, okay, and they have to be reconciled in order for us to move forward as a people. One of the first things we have to do is we do have to find out where people are aligned politically. Do you believe in self-determination, or do you believe we need white folks to walk around and hold our crutches for us mm. as we move forward in this world? I mean, we got to get over that point. And something you said earlier that I thought was very brilliant when you spoke of how you have many power players in the city of Chicago, beginning at the top with Mayor Lightfoot. But here's the thing. Black votes may have put Mayor Lightfoot in the mayor's office, but it was white money that financed there her campaign. Yep. Hence, one of the biggest mistakes we make as the African-American community. And let me be clear, voting is not the most important thing that you do in the political process. It is not. The most important thing you do in the political process is finance the campaign mm-hmm. of the person you Thank want you. to carry out your agenda. Right. Black America never does that. We mm-hmm. don't finance nobody. And then when they betray us, we call them sellouts, but if we never sold out first, they could have never sold out second. Finance your candidates, or they will always betray you. You are absolutely <laughs> right, sir, because that's what I do, and I see Follow it all the, the time. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. So let me ask you, doctor, what do you think about people who, who say that you are uh, 
going around using hate speech because look, I've seen this guy Milo Janopoulos, and he's he he's for Breitbart. He stopped in 2017 for speaking for them, but of course he was going around the college campuses talking about white supremacy and white superiority. What do you? How do you reply to people who who sit here and say that you're basically trying to to dictate the same thing, but on the black hemisphere? I would ask for the evidence. I mean, let's look at it now. I have more videos on YouTube than any scholar alive, even though I don't have a channel. That speaks to the love I get from our community. People love my message so much, they upload it more than people who promote themselves. Number two, I speak around the world more than any scholar alive. I have more information out there on my perspective than any other scholar of our race in the world. Show me the evidence of hate. Me saying that the black man should only be dating the black woman, how is that hate? Me saying that the open promotion of homosexuality is going to destroy the traditional black family, that's a fact. How is that hate? When people accuse me of that, I always ask for the evidence, and to date I have got no evidence to prove it. To make the accusation is one thing. To prove it is something else. I am a love teacher. I am not a hate teacher, but I am so unapologetically African and in defense of my people, those who are not used to us being that strong and alpha as black males will confuse intense love with hate. All the time. Let's go back to the phone lines. Dean, how you doing? Welcome to the Kendall Moore Show. Dean, going once. G, go ahead. Welcome to the Kendall Moore Show. Hello? G? G? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Okay, I got you. Go ahead. Yeah. You're, you're on. I, I heard a mention of Lightfoot. And, um, Lightfoot was a distraction in the election for Chicago mayor. It was Craig Winkle who served at the, at the job. And it was mostly black women who kept pushing Lightfoot because she's homosexual. So, so that's another issue because this whole homosexual thing is mostly black women who push it. And because there are no black men with a strong spine in the household to fight against them. Homosexuality is, is the death of the black family. And this is the thing. Right. It's either Pan-Africanism or death. If you're Pan-Africanist, you have a certain stance you have. And also, in regard to the black situation in America, it's either repatriation or retaliation. One of those two. That's it. All right, thank you very much. Dean, how you doing? Welcome to the Kendall Moore Show. Yeah, uh, yeah. as I was saying, you know, it seems a lot of unintended consequences because, uh, you know, what Dr. Johnson is saying is that the legislation, civil rights, was intended for black people. But the opposition put in another category of people, and they put in sex as one of the categories. Now, I don't think at that point, you know, I wasn't there, but I don't think at that point they were thinking of homosexuality and transgender. They probably were thinking about women, you know. So women would get the benefits. But unintendedly, now that uh, the homosexual agenda is so rampant, it now becomes applicable. So you can't fault people like the DACA people for taking advantage because, after all, it is a law. And if we're a country of laws, then we just have to follow the law. And as far as Barack Obama and what he did or didn't do, uh, well, you know, I wouldn't want him to be a candidate for assassination before his first term would have ended. So that's my comment. All right. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. 
Uh, Dr. Johnson, listen, I, again, man, you always you you always have a place here uh, at the Kendall Moore show. I, and I and I, I got I, one I, more thing, my brother. No, no, let, no, let no, me, no, no. I'm not. I'm it. not going to let you go. I was just letting okay, you know okay, before, because we're running up ahead. against the clock. I just wanted to say that it. before we run up against the clock. But the floor I is yours. You. Real talk. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. OK, number one. These empty symbols that they're taking down around the country yeah. is a distraction. Okay, we don't have a problem with the Confederate flag being removed. We don't have a problem with Robert E. Lee's statue being removed. We don't have a problem with Aunt Jemima changing the logo and the uh, name and Uncle Ben's rice. But those are superficial cosmetic changes. Mm-hmm. America doesn't need cosmetic surgery. America needs intense organic surgery. Rip the damn heart out, rip the lung, rip the spleen. And I'm afraid that we are going to fall for these superficial changes. We don't want that. These police protests began over police accountability. Why haven't I heard a single member of the Congressional Black Caucus Democratic Party, Republican Party, NAACP, Urban League, Van Jones, Al Sharpton, or anyone else talk about mandatory minimum sentences for police who unjustifiably execute black people. We haven't heard about consequences yet. We keep hearing about outlawing the chokehold, uh, making police records public, giving them diversity training. We don't care about that. We want prosecutions for police who kill black people, and that conversation hasn't started yet. So, Dr. Johnson, to your point, what do you think about this march or uh, this uh, convening that's scheduled to happen the end of August that uh, Reverend Al Sharpton, I don't know if he's putting it together, but he certainly put the call out. What what do you think about that? Do you think it will be impactful? Empty symbolism. Al Sharpton is going back to D.C. to memorialize the 1963 Dr. King March on Washington. It's just another empty symbol. That's all black people do now is empty symbols. We get a million-man march over here. We're going to march on D.C. over here. We're going to one-day protest over here. Let me be clear. Let me be clear. We need a movement, not a moment. We need a movement, not a moment. But our leaders have gotten so politically lazy, and let us be honest, the average black person has also gotten politically lazy, that we're not interested in that protracted, everyday, sustained commitment type of a movement. We want to go to some event for one day and then go back home and then claim we struggled for black liberation. Mm. Dr. Umar, I want to ask you, what's your stance on gun rights? I believe that as long as guns are legal, black people better get some. The worst thing we can do, the worst thing we can do is strip our people of their right to defend themselves. Because guess what? These white folk, they got theirs. And them hillbillies, they got theirs. We need to be able to protect ourselves in the event of martial law, in the event that white folks are deputized to kill black people, which is something that has occurred regularly in American history. I am in total support of black people owning and bearing arms as long as it is a constitutional right. All right, so hold on. I got to interject because I see all the hands. Dr. Johnson, we have a number of callers who are trying to get in to talk to you. I got to ask you out sure. loud. Can I keep you over, man? Can you hold on for me? Absolutely. Can, I, can, can, Absolutely. can we get to the – hey, everybody, Absolutely. so Dr. Johnson is going to stay with us. Uh, we're going to break tra- tradition. We're going we gonna to hold them over, and we're going to get to these calls. Don't touch the Dallas to Kendall Moore Show, 591-1690. That is the number to connect. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have Dr. Johnson, Umar Johnson, the next uh, – at least over, you know – on the next hour to, to
take the rest of these calls. Don't touch the dial. You're listening to Kendall Moore Radio for the Next Generation on the Talk of Chicago, 1690 AM, WVON. Folks, welcome back. It's nine minutes after the hour. It's the Kendall Moore Show. We stream live at www.von.com, 591-1690. That is the number to connect. I want to remind you guys, we are on Facebook Live right now. Also, follow us on Twitter, at the Kendall Moore Show. Also, on Instagram, at the Kendall Moore Show. Uh, and the webpage is kendallmoreshow.com. Dr. Umar Johnson is our featured guest uh, for, uh, uh, has been our featured guest for the last uh, half hour, 40 minutes, and we will, we're, we're blessed to have him for at least another 20 minutes. Uh, I got a bank full of calls and people want to talk, so uh, Dr. Uh, Johnson, I really appreciate you uh, spending some time with us here on this Juneteenth. Um, no problem. Thank you for that. So I'm going to go to the phone lines and let, uh, and see what people are, uh, see where their, their minds are. Uh, we'll start with, uh, and what now? Welcome to the Kendall Moore Show. Hey, what's going on, young people? And Dr. Umar Johnson, it's an honor and a pleasure to speak with you, sir. Uh, first of all, you are 1 million percent correct. My my radio name was Art, but I changed it about a month ago to And What Now. And my uh, platform and what I believe 100 percent strongly in the brothers that will confess it as community codes of conduct and family values. And once we get back to community codes of conduct and family values, We'll be on point uh, in terms of what went on with the riot and all other stuff. I had no problem with it. I keep telling people, if you're going to want to change, there's going to be some blood spilled in the street. There's going to be some lo- I mean, life loss, and there's going to be some in- inconvenience. And the people at our time will have to give our money and our time, and we're going to move forward. You continue up the good work, and may God continue to bless everyone. Thank you, brother. All right. Um- Let's go to Miss Lee. Miss Lee, how are you? Welcome to the Kendall Moore Show. Oh, I'm, I'm, um, well, I'm kind of upset, but 
What I want to say is, Dr. Johnson, you're the only person that I've heard on the radio, and I listen to WZON all the time, who has actually laid it on the line and, and said what should have been done. Whenever I see these, we have an issue in our community where our people are being murdered and hung in jail. And, and if you have, and I'm telling you, I'm not just talking about in, in jail. I'm talking about going to the police station. I had a friend of mine whose grandson got a ticket, and when he went into the police station, the next day he was hung. So there's a lot of things going on. I had two of my um, uh, relatives who had two people who were hung in jail. And there's a lot. It's going on everywhere, and we don't have statistics on nothing. So we march with no figures. This is happening all over the world, and we're not talking about murdering one or two people. So they're talking about the school is talking about taking some of the money from the police and, and for, the, for the kids. This whole issue is about murder, and these, these whites have been killing us for the last hundred years almost, and it's time to stop. And that's all we should be talking about, and we should make the, the pictures so graphic, and then it'll make the whole world cry of what, they, what they're doing to us. And it is not happening. And our leaders are not, are not backing up the people, the kids or the people who are protesting, because they are not doing their job. And the reason that we're in the situation we are in right now is because of no planning, no organization, and incompetent leaders. That's all I have to say. Ms. Lee, thank you so very much for that. Uh, Dr. Johnson, let me ask you, uh, the hangings, she brought up a very good point. Five hangings, six hangings from, uh, you know, this last two weeks. In the last two weeks. uh, Please expound. I'm almost certain that those are white racist executions. I am not buying the state narrative that these are suicides. Black men do not have a history of committing suicide from a tree. We have the history of committing suicide by jumping, by shooting ourselves, in other such means, not by hanging ourselves from trees. That is what that is. That is the state's narrative because they don't want to open up a civil rights investigation into the systematic hangings of black people, so they're treating them as suicides. Understood. Back to the phone line, Pearl. How you doing, sis? Hey, Kendall. Hi, Dr. Umar. Thank you so much for taking my call this evening. I wanted to say that you know. In 2016, I lost my son, Courtney Copeland, to uh, gun violence in Chicago. And we also have, uh, in investigating his case, we show that he was treated poorly by the police on the scene, who actually were there supposedly to assist him. And my thing is that, you know, I see all the marches. I see everybody trying to say Black Lives Matter. And I, as a mother who has lost a child, I appreciate that. I appreciate the efforts that they're making. But what we need is legislative change in America. We need actual laws to be changed. And I don't see anyone trying to push the button further than a march. And so when Dr. Umar talked about, you know, Al Sharpton is just trying to do symbolism, I had to call because I totally agree. Mm. I need them to get at the table and make legislative change. They don't have the same uh, uh, gumption as uh, Dr. King because he wanted laws to be changed. The only way they will stop killing black men in America is if we force them. Economic boycotting 
as well as also forcing them to move the legislation in the way that we needed to go. We cannot allow just these superficial uh, Trumpian or Democratic uh, laws to just coddle us. We need real change in America because today it was my son, but tomorrow it may be yours. And so this is why we have to unite together and make the legislative change. That's when I'm going out there to march, when they marching right into the, uh, to the law house to make a change and make them force them. Just like Johnson said, force me to do it. That's what we need to do. Thank you, Kendall. Thank you, sis. Appreciate it. Dr. Johnson, and, I want to turn you, And it you know what, Kendall? Yes. Let me add this, if I may. Yeah. One of the things that is making this situation more complex with regard to passing legislation and introducing hard uh, mandatory minimum sentences for police is that is an, it is an election year. It is an election year. Yeah. And as you know, with the Democratic front runner, in this case, Joe Biden, but it doesn't matter who it is, Obama, Clinton, Jimmy Carter, it doesn't matter. Whenever it's an election year, the white Democratic Party depends on a congressional black caucus to help black America mellow down their demands. Yep. The fear is if you force Joe Biden to promise black America too much, he's going to lose out on the moderate white vote. So this is a balancing act. One of the reasons why black leadership isn't pressing for more change is because they're more concerned about Joe Biden's election than the progress of black America. I would agree with you on that. And then I would extend it even further and not just uh, getting Joe Biden in, but also getting Trump out. But here's a piece about Joe Biden and uh, Amy Klobuchar uh, that I want to mention. And I've mentioned this to uh, people on my show uh, many, many times. I want to remind everybody that Amy Klobuchar was once uh, the damn prosecutor out in Minnesota and the, 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 the very police officer who put his uh, knee in the back of uh, George Floyd. Uh, she was there and could have prosecuted him many, many times and did not do that. So I am uh, happy to see that she did announce that she does not want to. And she, you know, basically, she just became uh, irrelevant to him because once people found out about it, uh, it was no way for him to win. Now, here's the other piece, too, about Joe Biden. Honestly, and to your point, Dr. Johnson, um, the only reason he came up is once he got to South Carolina. And once he got to South Carolina, that, that changed the game for him. But you are absolutely correct. And once they are done with us, we're done. And it goes back to your point yet again. We do not have an agenda. We have the floor right now, but we don't have an agenda. We have pawns and, and, and paid puppets sitting in those seats. Let me go back to the phone lines. Aaron, how you doing? Welcome to the Kendall Moore Show. Hey, I'm good, good, uh, brother. Dr. Umar Johnson, uh, I'm a huge fan of your work, uh, you know, and uh, I'm, really I'm looking forward to you and your school, uh, the Frederick Douglass Mark Darby Academy, and particularly about, you know, helping black males develop. Uh, and, you know, I've been watching a lot of your videos, particularly a lot of the videos when you were in the practice club. And almost like five years ago, you were in the practice club, it was the same thing going on with people protesting. It's like, it's like there's momentum, and then it gets quiet, and nobody's talking about it anymore. Uh, but specifically, I also think about, like, the mass incarceration of black males uh, and that revolving door and the mental health that plights our black males. And just really kind of get your thoughts on, like, what is the solution? Like, I know right now we're talking about the police brutality, which is an important issue. But I also feel like a lot of times we kind of put the issues of our black men and the challenges that they're going through in the back burner or never get the attention of things like this, which is really plaguing our communities. It's plaguing the black men to be at the forefront of the family, and it's taking away our families. And so... 
subject. Umar, you had any suggestions or solutions? We just changed your thoughts in regards to that. I think your point is 100% correct. Another negative outcome of this march being overtaken by whites is the fact that the conversation has been tightly controlled by the media and limited only to police brutality. After four weeks of protesting, we should not only be discussing police brutality, but the other four major issues that affect black America, which include miseducation, mass incarceration and criminal justice, gentrification. And by the way, Chicago is top 10 in gentrification in the country. And the fifth biggest problem is access to wealth and reparations. You don't hear anything about education, access to wealth, uh, gentrification and criminal injustice. They are keeping this thing focused on police brutality as a means of protecting Joe Biden's reputation. Well, I'm going to make sure I, I mention reparations because that's what I did earlier. We 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 need our bag, right, Doc? <laughs> we need our bag, but we need to make sure that the bag has more in it than cash. Yep. Because one of my concerns about the current reparations movement and the direction in which it's heading, and I don't like it, it seems like we have boiled down the entire compensatory uh, 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 compensation package for our ancestors to a cash payout. Yep. That is a trap and a recipe for disaster. Bob Johnson came out last week with a $14.7 trillion reparations proposal. According to the Bob Johnson model, former owner of BET Television, each African-American who's eligible for it, the 42 million of the 50 million who are direct descendants of enslaved Africans, we would each get a $351,000 payout. If you're telling me that $351,000, which is basically a nice car in a nice, nice house, is sufficient compensation for 20 generations of enslavement, we are crazy. <laughs> Listen, say that. You can barely buy a house oh with that. <laughs> well said. Listen, uh, Hassan, you're going to be my last caller. I got to I gotta respect uh, the doc and, and, and the integrity of what we're doing. Hassan, go ahead. Welcome to the Kendall Moore Show. Thank you. I appreciate it. I will admit I only called to give accolades. Kendall Moore, I love your show. Two people who's cause I will always support with my finances and watching his YouTube is Dr. Umar Johnson and Dr. Claude Anderson. I've donated to your school. I've donated to Dr. Claude Anderson Harvard Institute because he's the only one who's proficient when it comes to reparations. They really want to discuss reparations, including Roland Martin, Al Sharpton, and all these other so-called bourgeoisies that's in a boule and all the other esoteric societies to get in touch with Dr. Claude Anderson because he went to to bat for us with his own money for years and years and years. So, Dr. Umar Johnson, I met you before we came to Chicago at the airport when you said I was a security guy, but I'm not. I'm a Chicago cop. And I still support you and Dr. Claude Anderson in all of your works. And please continue to, to do what you're doing. I'm always going to support your school. You all have a great evening. Thank you very Thank much. You, brother. All right. Dr. Johnson, uh, I, I got to say again, um, I really appreciate your time uh, coming on the show this evening. You always have a seat, and I definitely – I'm going to be bugging you. I ain't going to even lie to you um, on, on a, a, whole no bunch of, a, a whole bunch of different things. 
Um, how can uh, let folks know how they can get in contact with you, where they should follow you at, and uh, uh, let's 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 give them that information. And again, uh, on behalf of the team, we we thank you very much for your mm -hmm. presence this evening. Yep, thank you, sir. Uh, thank you, brother. They can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Umar Johnson. The website is drumarjohnson.com, and we're always looking for brothers and sisters to donate to the Frederick Douglass Marcus Garvey restoration project we have two beautiful schools in delaware that we purchased last year and we're now in the process of restoring those buildings you can get on your cash app and donate at dollar sign fdmg school i repeat dollar sign fdmg school on the cash app you can reach out to me by phone 215-989-9858 215-989-9858 peace and black power peace and black power peace appreciate you. you dr johnson thank you thank you family He's the new kid on the block. He's got the weekends on lock. Kendall Moore, radio for the next generation. On the Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON. Welcome back. It is the Kendall Moore Show, www.von.com. Man, that Friday night show, this Friday night show, I'm trying to tell you, Dr. Umar Johnson, big shout. Mm -hmm. Bruh, I mean, like, yeah. drop the mic, boom, we can go home tonight, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, but he always on point, always on point, and certainly appreciate uh, Dr. Umar Johnson. All right, so when you hear that music, you know it's time for the Lit Roundtable. Uh, happy Juneteenth to everyone. Let me say that. But it's also Father's Day weekend. So big Father's shout. Day. Happy Father's Day. Happy Day, Father's Day, Will. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Westside. Happy, yes. thank, happy Father's Day to you thank as you, well. Thank I love you. Father's Day. Do you, Nettie? I wish it was more celebrated than Mother's Day. Yeah. Please, well, you know. please, please help me understand that better. I just feel like Mother's Day, people go all out. It's such a big deal. Hoopla. Red Lobster is packed out. <laughs> mm -hmm. But Father's Day gets turned into Single Mother's Day. 
You know. Oh yeah. You yeah. get socks. I'm so yeah. You get yeah. a bottle you of brute and a leather belt. Right. 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 You get a lot of people <laughs> complaining about a nice like tie. B-R-U-T? Yeah, yeah. Brute and yeah. a leather right? belt. Here, pop in that package <laughs> with the socks the horrible and the green. Gift. The green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get a lot of people complaining about how fathers aren't around, but. We should be celebrating the fathers who are around. Yeah. Right. We know for a fact that there are a lot of fathers missing in homes, a lot of fathers missing in black homes. Mm-hmm. That's even more reason why we should celebrate the ones who are there. They need to be celebrated. And we need to pull out all the stops, all of them. Don't get him no socks. <laughs> Rub his feet. Mm. Don't well, look here. You go get your own show. You got to get your own show. That's show talk right there. She's your own show. Let her finish, Will. Let her finish. Right. She was on the, you were on the feet. I'm Continue. so happy. Right. Rubbing, okay. so happy. Rubbing, him socks, Rubbing up feet. his feet. I'm so happy right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big shout, big shout to all the dads and all the fathers yes. that are out there. And you know what's interesting about it, and I want to bring this up, is that George Floyd, He now he's gone. Mm-hmm. So now how does his daughter... You know, it's on the cusp of. Right. And then what about all of those black men who have been lost mm-hmm. and their their, their children mm-hmm. cannot celebrate them? I just want to bring this up, and then I want to finish this Father's, Father's Day conversation. You know, my wife now, when I leave the house, like literally, Nicole, she grabs me and be like, I want you to know I love you. Mm. Get home, Kendall, mm. and be yeah. safe. Mm-hmm. And it hits different now. It does. It hits yeah. different now. Yeah. I'm telling you. So big shout to the fathers that are out there right now doing what they're supposed to be doing for their family and their children. And there's right. layers to it, though. Because every every dad is not a good dad in the beginning. It's right. some guys who have kids, and then you don't end up, they don't end up coming back into their kids' lives 20 years later, mm-hmm. 30 years later, five years later. Mm-hmm. But when they get back, though, I salute them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Back to you, though, Netta, because I know we... we, we no, no, no. Back, I'm, back to the know. rubbing of the feet. Yeah, 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 yeah. The feet rubbing, yeah. We just, we need to celebrate. We got corns. Oh, goodness. That's all right. <laughs> well, you celebrate know, everybody, man, everybody has gloves now, so, Will, your corns are right. okay. Right. It's okay. celebrate them. Go get the pedicure. That's all. And yeah. go out your way to celebrate <laughs> them, not just a little funky Happy Father's Day and buy him a tie and move on. Show him on Father's Day and every day how much you appreciate that he is a good father. Netta, are men underappreciated, our dads underappreciated, in your opinion, as a black woman? I'm, I'm asking you that question. Absolutely, because there's this mentality that that's what you're supposed to do. And, yes, that is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be a good father, right? You're supposed to be a good mother. But when they do it, Give them accolades for that mm-hmm. because there's so many people not doing it. Mm. So, yeah, that's his role, but he's doing a good job at it. And let him know mm. and I show feel. him, tell him all the time, every day. When is that book coming out? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that part. Yes. They need to that know. Part. No, no, but on both ends, though, dads are extremely important in my humble, very humble opinion. Mm-hmm. First of all, everybody doesn't get a chance to have a dad. Mm-hmm. Right. Everyone just does not. Some who do have one do not appreciate their dads and may even take them for granted. That's why that's that's what I mean by there's levels to this. Mm-hmm. But I promise you, good men are good men. And there are issues on both sides of the fence sometimes 
when it involves children and a man having to be a man. Let me give you a prime example of it, right? You got some dads um, who, they, they, hell, they, they can't get a job because they have a felony on their background and they, they haven't had a job forever and all they can do is hustle. Mm -hmm. The hustling keeps them out of the household and mama don't want them because mama now, she wants a corporate guy or she wants somebody bringing some money into Like right, I'm just making right. this stuff up. Right. That does not mean that he does not he doesn't love his child any less. Right. You know what I mean? I it, it's, it's just many different levels levels to fathers. Mm -hmm. But what 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 really gets under my skin is that black men, especially fathers, that we have to explain ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I we gotta agree. we got we gotta explain how what we doing and why we not doing. Can you yeah. explain? It, it, expound. <laughs> so, the what we doing is, Kendall needs X, Y, and Z. Baby, well, I don't have a job right now. I'm trying my best. Well, all I see you doing is playing Tecmo Bowl with your boys. You, I don't see you taking the initiative. I have to explain that I took eight to three eight in the morning to three o'clock in the afternoon looking for a job being turned down mm -hmm. being harassed by the police um you already know when you hooked up with me what my educational level was mm -hmm. so i'm only qualifying for these types of jobs you gotta wait because it's a long list and there's a lot it's of a, other people in the same position DACA but you passed. keep grinding no, yeah. no no you, you know what i'm saying you like I'm, 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 but i have to explain that mm -hmm. So now I'm feeling even less thin because I got to explain to you right. what I'm doing is that like I got to report in to you. Right. Right. Instead right. of me being able to just share with you, like I'm not doing this on purpose. Right. That is what I mean by we have to explain. Mm -hmm. And then the show part is what well, I don't believe. You got to yeah. show how many I I ain't Kendall. I ain't see you. I ain't see you lead that chair. I didn't see you do this, that, and the third. Well, because you didn't see me, don't, does not mean that I did not do that, mm -hmm. right? Right. And so, with the unemployment rate the way that it is right now, especially in the United States of America, and particularly when it comes to African Americans, and even more so with African American men, when mm -hmm. one in three prison probation or parole undereducated hey. and do not have so i don't want to be bleak but i wanted to answer your question mm -hmm. uh beretta like there are good dudes you know what and even me saying that it sounds ugly to me having to explain away there are good there's men, good dudes yeah. there really are good dads and men out there mm -hmm. but they don't get the credit that they deserve right at all. And right. that's just real talk. So happy Father's Day to right, all of y'all. Right. Even the even the video players. They grind. Happy, happy they Father's Day to y'all. Can we make they it really Happy are. Father's Week? Happy Can Father's Day. I would love that. <laughs> there we go. When is that book coming out? Nether Van Zant. There we go. There we go. Nether Van Zant will be on next week to talk to us. I love fathers. Yeah, yeah. And you got some dads who are just spectacular. You know, yeah. you got yeah. dads who just end their kids' lives and they just on point all the time. You yeah. have dads who are in other men's kids' lives. Yeah. 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 Step and they're Big on point all yeah. the time. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And uncles. Anybody who's stepping up mm -hmm. in that fatherly type of 
of way. Uncle Daddy. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Yeah. yeah All of yeah, that. Yeah. No, black men, we absolutely, and this is the time for us to be celebrated. Real talk. Right. I'm talking about across the board. When I saw George Floyd, he had been released from, uh, you know, he had been mm-hmm. released, he had been incarcerated, but when they showed him talking about how he had been incarcerated and how he was trying to change his life around. Mm -hmm. He was speaking for a lot of brothers who have been incarcerated Mm -hmm. or have uh, an X on their back Mm -hmm. and they're trying to, they're trying to make ends meet. But if you got 1.2 kids or uh, 2.3 kids Mm -hmm. and all the best thing you can do is work at a big box store Mm -hmm. making, you know, nine to $10 an hour when you got four kids, like, right. No, you can't. You're not going to Disney World. But, but you know, statistics say that black men are actually with their kids more than any other group. Yes, they are. You know? They're with them, but they don't have the wherewithal to provide for them. That's the the thing. Yep. It's it's a difference. So that tells you something. It's like, well, why are they with them all the time? They they raise them the best they can. But it's a lot of obstacles that come with that. Even with, if you got degrees, let's not leave out people who are educated. It's a lot of black men in particular, they're educated and they go for these jobs and they don't get these jobs. They might be qualified, but they're not picking them. They might be matched up with somebody else who, who's not black. And generally they get picked first. Well, you well know, it's not your corporation, not your company. They don't run it. The board don't look like you. They're not going to necessarily choose you. And then you get hell once you get up in there. Yep. You, if if it's entry level or it's managerial, mm-hmm. you get hell. Has, I know this. Has a black man. You know, they watching your work. They're cr- critiquing your work. They're not even really critiquing. They're criticizing it. And it's rough, man. People don't realize it. With your degree. There it is. I Insta- got three. Institutional racism. Yeah. And, yeah. and black men go through that. The sisters definitely go through it. Yeah. So if the sisters go through it, right. because the sisters, for folks who don't know and is listening to tonight's program, black women are the smartest people on the planet. That's right. They have They're the, the most, most education in the entire world mm-hmm. and probably even on Mars and, and Neptune. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like the sisters yep. on point. Yep. So, and they get a lot of shade put on them. So could you imagine your counterpart? You have any black men who literally are graduating from uh, uh, high school and college these days who can't get a job because of institutional institutional racism? Racism. Yeah, yeah. And it goes back to what I said earlier. Will, we got white people signing everything, signing off on everything that we do. Yeah. Because they own it. We have to own. Mm -hmm. That's why this moment, we got to own all this shit. Well, In order for us to hire, we talk about buy black, buy black, buy black. Hell, black, hire black, hire black, and I, so I can spend black. That's the that's the key. You know what I'm saying? Like all of that. I can't reciprocate if I'm not if I'm not working. You know what I mean? Yeah, black. So, that, and and, and Netta, you bring up an excellent point, and I'm gonna say it again, and then I'm gonna shut up. Black men, not just from the races. Mm-hmm. We get it from all sides. Yep. I promise you, from the time mm-hmm. we wake up. Yep. And the sisters, some of the sisters don't get it. Yeah. You ain't strong. You ain't no alpha male. You uh, ain't doing what you're supposed to do. You know, nagging. whoa, 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 whoa. And, then, and here's the thing. You're trying to stop her from saying that or whatever, so you go out here and you hustle, and then you get called And then up. you get popped off. Then you get the record with the police, and then you go to jail, and then it makes your it makes your – uh, sentence even longer because every time you get caught, you have to wait seven years. I used to be a, uh, a recruiter, so it takes seven years. Uh, you have to go through seven years probation. 
Will. Will. Get a job. I, so, I mean, Will hey man, we're not Jamaican man. No, but I watched the movie. I was a corporate recruiter. I was a corporate recruiter for a major airline. I was a corporate. I was a corporate recruiter for a major airline. I tell you, if if they have to go through like seven years probation for a lot of. Uh, jobs, you know what I mean. And the thing is, that what you're gonna be doing in them seven years? You gotta try to get somebody that will hire you, convince them that they will hire you, and then or somebody who will pay you under the table. Seven years, man, before you can even, you know, try to cl- get yourself together from making one bad decision. One, one bad one. decision. Which is, and, and then so uh, you hustle, you get called again. Seven years over. Now you got a second offense. See what I'm saying? So you know it, it's set up for you to fail. And for you not to be in that household. Exactly. I don't even, we don't even have time to talk about welfare and, you know, the 70s and all of that. We're talking about Father's Day. Big shout to the fathers. All right, Netta. Yes. Back to you. (laughs) (laughs) Big big shouts to the daddies out there. Uh, So when you say daddy, right? Can we talk about that word, daddy? Yeah. Mm. But you got to say daddy. I got a daddy. He come and cut my grass every week. I I got daddy, but I need a daddy. Okay. <laughs> Please help me with that. Some men, I, well, apparently the men in this room like like that word, but some there's men some don't men like that it. don't like it at all. They think it's creepy. No, I have all my women call me daddy. <laughs> uh, all you know, of you. Wait, he said I have all my women. Right. Like it's all, a requirement. Have and all. You know, but but you know what? That that's the terminology like a lot of other words, that was derivative from slavery. You know, it, daddy originated in the English language in the 1600s, and what it basically means is someone on a grand level in English, in English, uh, Europe. So it means daddy, someone on a grand level. So, of course, what happened? The English colonized America, correct? North America, this part. Right, they right. brought slaves over, and that was the terminology they used. And, of course, the, the sexualization of it comes from this. The slave master generally had his concubines, who were what? Slaves. And and rather than have them call him master, which wasn't right, he would have them call him daddy because they sure couldn't Mm. call him by his first name like his wife. Yeah, yeah. So they call him daddy. And hell. And and that's where all these other terms come from, the MF, the uh, B-I-T-C-H. Excuse me, I know I can't say it, but I'm spelling it. The, The helper. Those terminologies come from slavery because they compared us to animals. Mm. You know what, Will? You're making my intimate life real complicated when I'm trying to call him daddy and I'm thinking about And now master. slavery like, and being raped. Yep. But you can still they do it. Just, I'm just saying. It's, do it. Now you know. See, now you're doing it with choice. <laughs> you can still see, do it. You're doing it with like, choice. No, I can't. You have a choice to do it now. You have a choice to do it now. See, now you know. God forbid if I was in an interracial relationship. Well, when you know, but see, when you know, now you have a conscious choice. See, you. I'm rather. I'd rather for you to know about it than not know about it and you calling somebody daddy. But you call me daddy, it's all right. No, not daddy, it's daddy. All right. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> or zaddy. They doing a zaddy. zaddy. You know, you know, just drop my two cents in. That's all. But a lot of people do have problem with that. They think that I'm not your father, you can't call me daddy. But there's yeah. so many other terms of endearment that would associate with someone other than a romantic partner. For instance, baby. Yeah. No one has a problem calling a significant significant other baby. 
Why is daddy a problem? Well, I mean, I think both that's reciprocates though. That reciprocates, baby reciprocates. Well, or a little mama. I like, call hey, you mama. mama. Yeah, hey mama. mama. Hey right? mama. Hey daddy. So, you know? so you can call me mama, but I can't call you daddy. That don't make any well, sense. Well, look, you. Here's the thing. Some men <laughs> might be thing. insecure about that if they daughter your age and they date you. Oh, See no. what I'm saying? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Now if that, they date that can you be a little and your daughter is their age, yeah, that might be a psychological thing with them. I don't want to call me daddy because, you know, it seems like something else. So, yeah, just call just call me Richard. What if you don't use <laughs> Just call me Richard. Can don't we call just, me. What if you, what if you, sweetie, is the, yes. don't what if we don't like, use sweetie. daddy? What do we use, right. Sandy? I don't, well, like, uh, the Big Papa, like well, Biggie. He oh, said he loved it when you call him Big Papa. I will not Big call my Papa. man Big Papa. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse. Big Papa. All I right, think of my right. grandfather when I say Big Papa. Right, right. <laughs> so old. Uh, well, well, you do. You could call him an African like, Baba, my Baba. But see, I wouldn't that's call my significant like I would. Baba, Baba. That's something you reserve for, like, the elder in your community, not for the person that I'm being intimate We can change with. it, though. We can change it now, right here on no, the Kevin Show. No, we can't change oh, now it. Now he wants to change. No, we can change, change it right it. now. now he wants no to more racist no. Rhetoric, rhetoric. No. Oh, no more daddy. Baba. Baba. No, no, <laughs> that won't be not the in the intimate setting. No, that will not be the change. All right, all. all right, all right. Hey, okay. I don't know. I mean, I sometimes it just has that creepy connotation like my mind immediately goes to somebody like an r kelly and he's with these young girls and you have to call me dad like it just it's a power thing though that was a power thing with him though you know what i'm saying but what woman doesn't want to be overpowered exactly, exactly. and if Keyword you go along woman. with it Keyword. if it's if it's good Keyword. for you it's all right then if that's what you want call call him daddy zaddy that's all right they act like they don't want to hey, be in. It, this is exactly what we're talking about for father's day how about that's that right. <laughs> i'm hey i'm not gonna fight it i'm hey, gonna say, don't call me that brian brian just called let's bring brian in brian how you doing welcome to the kendall moore show hey hello can you hear me yeah we got you man yeah Wonderful show, Umar's right on the money. Yes. You know, uh, two things about sexuality. I wonder what would happen if uh, it wasn't such a taboo and if everybody was, you know, bisexual if they wanted to be. Secondly, I it's my theory that in Chicago, the homosexuality is heavy in the women population. Secondly, I just want to say a thirdly, I think I've been amazed. I've lived all over the world. I'm kind of a cosmopolitan person. I'm an artist. I'm in my 70s, speak a couple of languages. And I, since moving back to Chicago, I've been amazed that as a black man, if you're not a buffoon, you uh your own people are scared of you. Mm. Keep in mind now the black man is an albatross now, he's been put out of business. You got boys, men walking around with their pants half off and to see a person and I think people are comfortable with that because that lets you know that it's not a whole lot going on. You see. Now, if you have your pants around your waist, gotcha, gotcha. That's more threatening. 
All right. Hey, Brian, and, I, I and it amazes me. Yeah, yeah. No, and Brian, I'm sorry. I got to let you go. We're going to make sure. Uh, Brian, I, I do appreciate you calling in. Um, we're not talking about that specific topic at this point, so but we'll make sure. I appreciate you calling in. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of which, though, because um, we're at the 50 right now, we're going to just go ahead and, and rush through the 50. Uh, hot topics. Are we finishing with the Father's Day? What are we doing? Or are we going I, I to- just want to say to Nelly really quick that my uh, brother texted me, and he said <laughs> that you can call him daddy. <laughs> my brother Doug, he's listening. Brother Doug. If you want to call him daddy, that's absolutely okay. He's, he's <laughs> got the bread and the dough. I got to bring this up before we get off of the show. Um, Father's Day, absolutely. Um, How will it look, though, this year? You know, Rayelle was on from Real Men Cook last Mm -hmm. week, and they're doing like a virtual barbecue type thing. But I think they got space now. I'm not sure. Nutter, you did the interview. What's going on with them? I don't. I remember him mentioning that they had space. He did say that they were going to have the virtual the the virtual barbecue. barbecue. Yeah. All right, big shout. Make sure y'all check out check out uh, realmancook.com. Yeah, yeah realmancook.com uh, for the fathers, uh, for Father's Day. Uh, Ka- Colin Kaepernick, mm-hmm. um, he's been picked up. Okay. Uh, he's been picked up by the uh, uh, the, the Chargers, Chargers, the right? Los Angeles Chargers. Okay. So they're going to roll it out very slowly. Okay. But he's been invited to camp. Okay. And they haven't been making a big to-do about that. Yeah. So we'll mention it first here on the Kendall Moore Show, hey, as we can, normally do. Go ahead. Can, can I pat myself on the back? Because I told you months <laughs> ago, I said he's going to end up playing. It's going to take some type of phenomenon to happen, and he will play. See, because I see these things, man. I'm psychic. Oh, my goodness. I see these Will. things. That's what, so, you Will know? is psychic <laughs> yeah. and call him daddy. And call him daddy. Okay, okay, got it. Psychic daddy. Psychic this, daddy. This psychic psychic daddy. daddy is good. I'll take it. PD. I'll take it. Look, you no, now you're the police department. PDA. Um, right. No, it, it's PDA. No, it's, it's befitting because you rock with the police. Right. That's what you've been telling us all hey, show. Look, look, look. All the police are not bad. And let me just clear, clarify this. When we had our show a couple of weeks ago, defund the FOP, okay? Like I said, defund them. They get million dollars, millions of dollars in grants, okay? And they put high-priced lawyers on retainers that protect these habitual offender police. Now, every policeman is not bad, but they put these, they protect these guys. Chauvin had been in trouble four or five times, Prior to this, yeah, he can't even carry protect. a gun. They need to. They need their funds. They are five hundred one c three. They're non for profit organization. Every fraternal order around the country. Look, you need to uh, investigate them and make sure that they are not constantly uh, defending habitual offenders who, who just take the law in their own hands, do whatever they want to. That's all I'm saying. Don't defund the police. They can allocate funds to do more in the community. The FOP is powerful. They can change all this stuff. What difference? What sense does it make for you to sit here and patrol and try to stop crime, but you can't get out there in the community and or lobby for for better uh, opportunities for people who you are out here not only to to arrest but to protect? The FOP have the power to do it. They just need to change their mindset, you know. But but stop defending these habitual offenders. Chauvin, he's five times he was in trouble. He shot somebody. He beat up somebody. I know he pays union dues. I used to be a union steward, but there's some t- there's some people Another you job. gotta fight. <laughs> I used to be a union steward. Go, man. Damn, I work in politics, man. I'm a black man. 
Everything ain't always right for you, but this is what I'm saying, man. Stop defending these guys who are habitual offenders. But you know what? And, and I, I don't know how we got back on this topic because we were talking about It's a hot topic. It's a lit topic. No, no, no. It is. It's a lit We were talking about father. But, but the, the reality of it is that these guys, when you really think about it, when you think about the police officers across the world, they can end a person's life. Exactly. Just think about that for one second. If it, they have too much power, mm-hmm. you got to take some of that power away from them. Mm-hmm. What do I mean by that? Well, if I left the station today, when I leave the station tonight and I get pulled over, I am at the mercy of that police officer or those officers who have pulled me over. Mm-hmm. At the mercy meaning. Whatever they say, go. Whatever they say, go. And then now I got to go into my bank account and make sure that my lawyer is paid. Mm -hmm. But if they plant anything on me, once my car is towed, if, in fact, my lawyer, I can't be defended properly, then I'm gone. I'm talking about at the very point of contact, that's just how much power that these Mm -hmm. people have. Mm -hmm. And many of them are racist. Either overtly or they're complicit in their actions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I, I firmly believe, I see it, and I know it to be a fact. They are recruited by some of the right-wing groups. Right. And it's it's just a part of the fabric of who they are, which is why I I really do. They need to be, uh, you know, dismantled. Some type of way. Now, speaking of the police officers, the new guy, he need to go home. <laughs> okay. Well, I, hey. Hey, whoever. He's been quiet lately. Have you heard? I, I have to say. He's been quiet since man, the riots in the bridge. I haven't heard anything Extremely from him. quiet. Lori, Lori, Mayor Lightfoot, you know, that's one that she got wrong. He should never have been in Chicago. Did she get it wrong or did he just realize, like, man. No, I didn't she know it was like got it, it wrong. Bad. No, Lori got it wrong. Okay. No, Laurie has too much background with the Fraternal Order of Police, the, the Police Review Board and all that. She she knew what she was doing. Right. She went to an outsider specifically because she already knew all of the, all of the politics that was going on internally. Right. Right. So she couldn't really get her person, which I really think she was going to go for a woman. I'm going to be perfectly honest with okay. you. But I don't think that Chicago was ready for it because, because of who she is and all of the backlash she would have got from that. I'm just talking. I'm being honest. Not to say that it would be anything wrong with it, but the backlash that she would have gotten from so many different facets of, of the city of Chicago. Mm-hmm. But, dude, he was the wrong pick. Like, well, I mean, he's still here. But he is the you wrong think, Is there a pick. possibility you think he's going to end up quitting or something? Well, you all, I, I think we'll. You think he's going to end up quitting? Well, I think he headed back to good old Texas. Baby, so? he better. He, he, I know he has pop- been quiet. Listen, let's, let's make that prediction on this show. Let's so? make that prediction on this show. I think he's headed out. He what else? He don't he don't know the streets. We Chicago. We're yeah. not Texas. Yeah, yeah. We he, are this Chicago, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we kind of different. No, Dave. he 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 need to go. He you know, he hasn't been. What has he done? What, you know, who, what has he he's done? Been at the layout, and he's just realizing man, this is he, overwhelming. He, he, he is not impactful at all. This is overwhelming. He's not even. And, at and least some McCarthy of the ideas he may have had, had. Some, some cojones on him. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. dude, though. Kendall, you done with him already? He just got here. Oh, no, no. He it ain't even been that. 90 hey, man, days. Look, but he hasn't done anything. You know what? I think, I, actually, a lot of people didn't like Jody Weiss. 
Well, I like Jody Weiss. Joe, you know, you know Jody I was fed. He was he was more professional, and that's what he was brought in to do was try to professionalize the department more because they was having problems like this. But what happened? The other the police officers didn't like him. Well, how, hell, you're not supposed to like your boss. The boss, look, if 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 you working for me, I don't need you to like me. I need you to do what I need you to do. Hey, that's why McCarthy snapped on Rahm Emanuel when he got fired. He was like, "You okay? You gonna fire me? I'm yeah. gonna tell all. I'm gonna tell it all. Yeah. I'm gonna tell it all." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I'm gonna run for mayor. Because if I'm here to try and clean up what's wrong, you got to give me power to do it. You know, as long as I'm not going, I'm not going crazy with it. But you know, I like Jody Weiss. I didn't have a problem with it. I'll be honest with you. Can I be honest with you? I didn't think McCarthy was bad. I didn't think That's he was bad, saying, but, but, th- but the the, the Laquan McDonald the, thing messed him up. Yeah, no, he was part of the fabric, though. McCarthy brought it from the East Coast. Right. The same thing that they were doing, what the, what the white boys were doing in Chicago, they were doing on the, uh, on the East and, Coast. And they well. didn't really like McCarthy, from what I heard, because he was from the East Coast. Yeah. He that East Coast Irish. He ain't those Chicago Irish. It's a difference. Yeah, they treat you know. All right, folks, we got to wrap up the show. <laughs> Me and Will, it's Father's Day. So Sandy, I guess that got real right. unlit, didn't That's it? Right. Unlit. This is lit. What you talking about? This is man, this is man's show. This well, is man's okay, show. Okay, so man's show. We were talking about sports, and y'all went back to the police. Yeah, Big shout, Colin Carpenter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. We got to wrap up. We got to get up out of here. I want to thank again Dr. Umar Johnson for participating. Yes. Yep. Of course, Nutter Beretta. What's that, Will? What up, what up? Wool sweater. Also, <laughs> Soul Dope Sandy. Hey, hey. Naya. And Isaiah. I want to thank the entire team. I want to thank you guys for listening to us and putting up with us every Friday night. Of course, we are. Number one show on Friday nights Number here one. in the city of Chicago. Mm-hmm. We will see you guys next week. Um, be safe out there. Yes. Be safe out there. Happy Juneteenth. Happy Father's Day to all of the fathers who are out there. Until next time, and as always, church and tabernacle. What's new? Generation Radio with Kendall Moore, WVON, AM 1690. Let's talk about it. Come on. New Generation. Kendall Moore Talk Radio, WBON, AM 1690. Streaming live from the web, WBON.com. Let's talk about it. What's new?